2: and This is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Steve Grosso Brian Kelly, Jeff Mills, and Bono and Eisen. Tonight on Fast, the ultimate Thanksgiving trade. Get ready to stuff the bird, pass the gravy, and unmute yourself. Why investors are feasting on this stay-at-home stock ahead of Turkey Day. Plus, Bitcoin going bonkers this week. The crypto cracking above 18,000 for the first time in nearly three years. Our own Bitcoin baller, BK, breaks down where it's headed next. And later, to the moon, we'll tell you what lit up the solar trade today. But we start off with... Hello from the other side. Despite the spike in COVID cases around the country, companies are looking out to the other side of the pandemic as we make progress on a vaccine. Pfizer just out today with big news that it applied for FDA emergency use of its vaccine and corporate America sending signals of an all clear. Nike, Merck, TJX, Kohl's, Costco, all either increased or reinstated dividends this week. And as we start to wind down earnings season, more and more companies are getting comfortable forecasting the future. The number of big businesses issuing forward guidance is up thirty percent from last quarter. So, corporate America is looking to the other side. Is it time for investors to do the same, Brian Kelly? What do you say?
3: Uh, well, I think it's great. First of all, that corporate investors, corporate uh, corporations have a little bit more clarity. But that's what this whole reopening trade was about. From the bottoms, that was the whole thing, is that you're not going to have any clarity, but when you do, boy, then it's going to be really good. So let's look at what we had this week. We had uh, good news on the vaccine. We had multiple companies up their dividend. Uh, We also had multiple companies come out and feel much more comfortable with giving uh, guidance. However, the market was basically flat to down this week. So to me, this information is probably already priced in. And, you know, if I'm a home gamer and saying is now the time to get in, it's probably not, at least not on this news. Now, we still have this tug-of-war. Is the vaccine going to be ready enough or are we going to have another lockdown and we're going to have a, a Q1 GDP print that's negative? That's the tug-of-war that's going on in the market. And the news we got this week didn't resolve that, unfortunately.
2: And that's exactly what J.P. Morgan is forecasting, a contraction in Q1. But Steve Grosso, aren't, aren't we sort of just throwing out Next year, in a way, when it comes to multiples, I mean, in a way, aren't investors looking through and just saying, you know what, it's a past year, almost?
4: I don't know if they're going to say it's a past year. I think the the bar has gotten higher. So I agree with the fact that companies now, all of a sudden, have a little bit of uh, visibility because think back to March. There was nothing. We were flying blind. We were flying blind on the show. We were flying, uh, corporate America was flying blind. Everyone, the world was flying blind. Now you have a flashlight. You don't have a spotlight, you have a flashlight. So I think people are starting to get more comfortable with the market, more comfortable with earnings. But let's remember, Nike, this will make it the 19th consecutive year that they raise their dividend. So I'm not sure uh, if there's not a little bit of dressing up the window, if you will. I, I don't think that it's a contrived issue that they're doing. but. Just think about it, I think BK makes a great point. Is this the top, is this a sell the news event? We've seen vaccine, uh, a a lot more beneficial news. We've We've gotten clarity on the election. So, and we've seen that balance of power with the Republicans holding the Senate. We've gotten basically a Goldilocks environment for what has been a terrible plague that hit this country and the world. So if you're saying, are we through it, I don't think we're through it, but I think the market is pretty good at navigating and saying, hey, you know what, I think the worst is over.
2: And we have asked that question, are these events the -the sell-the-news events, whether it be getting that vaccine news and having clarity as to when the first distribution could be made and getting through the, the bulk of the volatility of the election. Not to say that there won't be still some volatility, but I think the biggest unknowns are now known at least in terms of having a winner bought a win. So do, would you agree that this could be a sell the news? That would go starkly in the face of what has been a seasonal trade going into year-end, which would be to go higher.
1: Well, I think um, given all the fiscal stimulation, the support that we've had, with all, I mean, the news today notwithstanding, right, you, you do have, and to use Steve's term, a Goldilocks situation where it is prime for risk assets. As, in terms of looking to the other side, I mean, I think, yes, that has been priced in, there has been a look through to the other side, and that really explains the rotation out of some of the stay at home names, some of the technology names, into some of the value plays. But when I'm looking at these, these dividend increases and, and, and tying all of that together, right, All of those companies, with the exception of Merck, are retail companies, and we know that those companies have been able to to, um, be more efficient operating by slashing capacity, by slashing workforce, and bringing that. So that's gonna lead to inventory management. We've already seen a rotation out of seasonal hiring. So yes, there's gonna be more cash at hand, but what to me it is, is that is a signal that we are seeing operational efficiencies leading to digitization of companies that is here to stay. And I don't really think that necessarily bodes well for employment. So again, two-sided coin here.
2: Yeah, Jeff, what's your take?
5: You know, I think what we've been seeing has been going on for a little while now. And I know there's been this rotation going on, and we've seen that cool off a little bit. But let's not forget, you know, you have value, industrials, materials, banks, wherever you want to go, they're up some 15 16 17% on the month. So the fact that they're cooling off a little bit, isn't a huge shock to me. Um, the dividend story has been playing out for a little while now. This is the second straight month where we haven't seen any cuts or suspensions. So I think that's a good thing. Companies now have two trillion dollars of cash on their balance sheets. Just as a perspective the previous peak was about 1.6 trillion and I think it's really interesting if you look at small caps you know perhaps the most economically cyclical index you can find and you have seventy percent of all earnings revisions actually being to the upside there so that's the highest we've seen in twenty years so I do think the market is doing a good job of looking to the other side of all this and I think even if we see a slowdown in q4 or q1 which is probably likely I think the markets perception of this slowdown versus what we saw say in february or march is going to be very very different and i think that's what the market's been telling us for some time now as small has beaten large and value has beaten growth interest rates have held in there Um, but i do think stimulus has to be part of the equation here because this K-shaped recovery is very real. 10 million people are still unemployed. Retail sales, for example, are slowing down. But as I said on the show last week, I think the vaccine news actually makes stimulus in 2021 more likely, because policymakers know they're building a bridge from today to a point in the future where activity can return to normal. So I think you take that in combination, and I still want to play this rotation trade, even if it ends up being choppy over the next couple of months.
2: Yeah, uh, the general had mentioned small caps. The Russell was up 2.4% uh, this week, Brian Kelly. Where, where would you position yourself, and, and do you think, I think that's an interesting notion. And, and you know, Jeff, when you first said that you thought Um, that the vaccine news would make it more likely for stimulus. I sort of was like, "Ah, I don't know. It's growing on me. (laughs) I like it better and better the more I hear it. (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly, what do you think of that? (laughs) That at least if you know it's targeted, you know that there's a finite amount of time, you know, you might be able to get some Republican buy-in to, you know, let's spend this money on, on a package.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. If you think about, you know, why didn't we get any stimulus leading into the election is that there really wasn't any political incentive to do that. So now if you have a vaccine and you say, hey, listen, this is kind of a six month problem in a sense. Let's just get through, let's build that bridge. I think you might be able to get a little bit more political buy-in. It's not likely to happen until we have a, the new administration. Um, you know, so I do think the market is, incorrect, is correct in that sense. But again, for me, there's just so much uncertainty here in the US. I'd rather look over to Asia. I'd rather look to Japan. I'd rather look to China. And if I look at what's going on with Nike, to bring it back to what we talked to at the top of the show, you know, Nike's growth is coming from Asia. So if they're raising dividends and they feel comfortable, you know, I think that's another leg to that kind of Asia is going to take the, the growth baton from here.
2: Yeah, and of course, Nike said back in September that it expects the second half of the fiscal year to, to be up significantly when it comes to sales. Bono, and would you agree? Would you say, you know, U.S. may not be the best place to be right now?
1: I mean, it's a global pandemic. I mean, yes, I, I think emerging markets right now look attractive. I, I wouldn't say anywhere outside of the U.S. I think Europe still has their challenges. Um, Japan has a, has a long story to pass, and we're seeing a rotation out of that. Buffett has allocated some resources there. Generally speaking, I do like uh, EM. I think that correlates well with some of the natural resource plays, as we do look forward to getting back to a, to a, a normal situation, and economic environment.
2: Yeah, and Grassley, you've been on the natural resource train, too.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the value that fits all into the value play, outperforming growth play, I've been in the diversified chemical space. So you look at a, a name like Trinseo, it's very levered to Europe. So I agree. I think that you can see a lot of these names, Trinceo, Olin, WRK, really outperform going forward i'm still in that value bucket and i expect them to outperform grossly over the next six
2: months all right let's talk a little a zoom today tapping the tape as a say-at-home trade played out in a big way in today's session the stock could head even higher as we gear up for a zoom thanksgiving that's right families gathered around computers instead of dining room tables this year to keep socially distant and zoom knows it's coming the company is lifting its 40-minute time limit for free meetings on Thanksgiving Day so are you feasting on this stay-at-home stock ahead of the holidays I mean theoretically this could be some of the first times people start using zoom Bonoin and, and they might think this ain't so bad
1: um, I think zoom is pretty well known at this point um, And I really don't think this singular event coming up in the holiday season is really going to be a a a revenue driver in the sense of looking at this being uh, you know a long term or trending new uh, re- actualization of revenue stream so no i'm not buying it on the news you know you look forward to the to the earning, um, sorry you look forward to the pe ratio out to 2021 it's up close to 200 uh, it's just had one of those runs i i don't think now i don't think this is the catalyst for investing if you're not in it now i don't think this is a reason to get involved
2: i mean some context obviously this was last week a lot of the stay at home trades got slaughtered on the vaccine news and zoom had one of its biggest weekly drops that it had ever seen jeff mills um what do you think of zoom here and and some of the other state i mean we're talking ea for instance peloton those are all up today
5: they are but you know i'm with bonwin on this one i think it's really interesting you know usually when you see those stay-at-home names up on the day you also see growth up on the day you see tech do well Mm -hmm. it's kind of an overall virus stay-at-home trade. You did not see that today. Value actually outperformed growth by 30 or 40 basis points. Small outperformed large by somewhere around 75 basis points. So I thought that was notable in the sense that that value cyclical trade, although down, outperformed even when these stay-at-home names were up. And I just think you get to a point where the growth and user adoption or whatever you want to call it that's assumed by the valuations just aren't likely to materialize in the future and that's where i think we are right now so it's not necessarily that these stocks can't go up from here i think they can but when you're thinking about relative outperformance and where you want to be i want to be in small caps emerging from a two and a half year bear market i want to be in japan breaking out after a thirty year bear market these are areas that i think can outperform over the next twelve months versus some of these other areas that i think have just done so well and the valuations are so extended uh, you probably need to take a breath here.
2: How about a name like Peloton, Brian Kelly? And I, I'm asking you because you are a biker. Right. <laughs> um, so you have some experience with this yeah. area. But it's also theoretically entering a seasonally strong period. I mean, going into year-end, going into January, people typically make all sorts of resolutions about getting in shape and losing weight. And here we are, Peloton.
3: Right. Well, And Peloton is, I mean, Peloton's been on an absolute tear. And I do think that's kind of a a permanent shift here because those are relatively expensive bikes and once you buy that you're likely to kind of stick with that type of thing but this entire trade this zoom trade ahead of thanksgiving reminds me of a simpsons episode i'm a huge fan of the simpsons you may be too melissa <laughs> i'm not sure but homer simpson gets, <laughs> makes a fortune in pumpkin futures makes a fortune but critically homer forgets to sell before uh... halloween and that's the key. you got to sell your pumpkin futures before Halloween. you got to sell your Zoom. you got to sell those things before Thanksgiving
2: because the trade's over. I like how you can connect that to popular culture, BK. Good for you. Um, breaking news <laughs> here on the vaccine front. Got to get to Meg Terrell with all the details. Meg.
0: Hi, Melissa. Well, after the news that Pfizer and BioNTech had submitted their application to the FDA for emergency use authorization of their COVID-19 vaccine, the FDA has now set the date for the outside meeting of their advisors to discuss the application, December 10th. Uh, Now, that is along the lines of what we had heard they had asked the committee members to set aside, December 8th, 9th, and 10th. Um, So it is December 10th to discuss this request for emergency use authorization. That is a key step before the FDA would potentially greenlight this vaccine for market. Um, and so we are looking at just a number of weeks before this could start to get distributed. And now a lot of people wonder why so long? Well, we talked with Dr. Monsaf Slaoui from Operation Warp Speed this morning who noted... The FDA, now that it has the application, needs to look through thousands of pages of data and graphs on everything from the efficacy to the safety to the manufacturing standards of this vaccine and analyze all of that and put it together for the committee members then to uh, look through and to discuss. And they will release all of that information and briefing documents two days ahead of that meeting on December 8th. Well, at least two days. They might release it sooner than that. Uh, But now we have a timeline from the FDA confirmed December 10th for that outside meeting of advisors. After that, they could green light this for market. No. De- definitely
2: good news. But um, Meg, I'm curious
0: that the FDA has to actually digest all those pages of data. Could we
2: see three weeks after December 10th for a Moderna EUA um, review if it takes that much time to get through all that stuff?
0: That's a really good question. I mean, do they have a second set of folks there to be able to look through Moderna's application? Because we are expecting that Moderna will file you know, within a few weeks from Monday when they had their data. Uh, so, you know, within a couple of weeks, Monseth Slaoui said end of November, early December. But he expected that we could be seeing, you know, a few days apart for these advisory committee meetings for Pfizer and Moderna, uh, and then presumably a few days apart for the FDA decision. But you're right, these reviewers are going to have a lot of work to do over the coming weeks.
2: Yeah, lots of overtime for them. Meg, thank you. Meg Terrell. Uh, Steve Grossel, your favorite healthcare care pick.
4: Uh, I think you have to buy a basket of these. And I think you have to buy a, an index because it's, it's what I've been saying for a while now. If you look at these vaccine plays, they topped out in July. Then we have this secondary headline phase going into the real vaccines. And it looks like they topped, topped out again. Pfizer is well off its high from just a couple of days ago. So well, when I say well off, of it, it's 6% off in the same week. So when you start to look at these names, Melissa, you can't be buying these names. If I asked you what Pfizer was up year to date, people would get this wrong without looking. It's it's, it's down 1% year to date. Now, Moderna is up 400% because it's been on the scene a lot shorter time. You can't buy the vaccine news more than one or two pops. I would say sell these names, And buy the economy versus these names.
2: Yeah, we had a Jeffries analyst who covers all of these names on yesterday who's saying that he expects pricing to come down dramatically from when the vaccine will first hit the market. And he wouldn't want to be long these names as they enter that manufacturing phase, which could prove difficult, Bono. And where do you stand on some of these?
1: Yeah, I think, he makes a, I think he makes a good point, and I've, I've said for a long time, listen, uh, Steve has said it, I've said it, a guy has said it, trying to pick the winning horse out of this race is literally impossible. Uh, you know, Pfizer was up dramatically and it's traded off. You've seen similar price action with Moderna. Um, I, you know, I, I think you do express this view in some of the tertiary or secondary names because just in the short term. If you have price pressure on this vaccine and this is a headline risk, you have to still have a legitimate company uh, uh, of a supply of drugs, manufacturing, efficacy and all of the above to still be in operations and do so at margins that that will support the levels that we're at right now. So I'm fully in agreement with what he just said.
2: All right. Coming up. Tan on a tear. That's right. The solar ETF in mega rally mode this year. Should you buy or will you get burned? Our desk debates that ahead. But first, Bitcoin going absolutely bananas. What's the player? Crypto baller BK is here. He's ready to lay out his case. Stick around. Much more fast money straight ahead.
6: Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy.
2: Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a Bitcoin alert, the cryptocurrency making big gains this week, up nearly 15 percent. And listen to what BlackRock chief investment officer Rick Reeder said about Bitcoin earlier today on CNBC.
4: And I think cryptocurrency is here to stay. And I think it is a durable and you've seen the central banks that have talked about digital currencies. I think digital currency and the receptivity, particularly millennials receptivity, of, uh, of technology and cryptocurrency is real, digital payment systems is real. So I think Bitcoin is here to stay. Do I think it's a durable mechanism that, that you know, do I think will take the place of gold to a large extent? Yeah, I do, because it's so much more functional than, uh, than passing a bar of gold around.
2: Wow, so BlackRock is saying Bitcoin could replace gold one day. BK, I feel like if Rick Reeder tuned into Fast Money circa three years ago, he might've heard the same argument from you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, I think he would have, and, uh, you know, it's nice, it's nice to see somebody like Rick being able to say that because I'm sure he's done his research on this, and it really reflects the mindset, the change in mindset that institutional investors have had now versus three years ago. So three years ago, I talked to institutional investors, and they say, hey, BK, I can't invest in this. My risk management team won't even let me touch it. Now you have institutional investors saying, hey, wait, i got to buy this thing. I got to be in it and that's what we're seeing in the market and that's being reflected in the price and what's kind of interesting what we're seeing is there is in the relatively short term a bit of a coin shortage so you're seeing institutions high net worth individuals buying coins taking them off exchange putting them in cold storage and they have a five or a ten year view on these Mm. and that creates a really a lack of supply so that's what's been driving the price The final thing I would just say, though, is that you you have to have a long-term view on this. We did a piece on the show back in 2016. Bitcoin was at $899. And we asked the question, is it too late to buy Bitcoin? And of course, the answer now is no, it wasn't, right? But remember, Bitcoin went from $1,200 down to $700 before it came all the way back, all the way back up here. So point is, if you're going to buy Bitcoin, understand it's incredibly
2: volatile and have a long-term view. 2016 Bitcoin on, on the show. Amazing. <laughs> Coming up, solar Socks are right. on fire this year. Will the rally keep up? We'll debate that trade next.
7: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof-of-delivery, CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back to Fast Money Time for our move of the day. The Invesco Solar ETF, ticker TAN, T-A-N, rising more than 2% to a record close. The fund has been on a tear recently on hopes the Biden administration will be more friendly to alternative energy. and um, you've been on this space. You had a, a fast pitch on this that worked out well uh, with, with First Solar. So where do you go from here?
1: Listen, I still think there's room to run here, right? You, you, you talked about the, the Biden administration. We've had some developments in terms of tariffs. Uh, 1% is still the, the renewable energy consumption in the United States. So I still think there's upside. And I think it comes at the expense of traditional energy.
2: All right. Time First
1: for the, solar, yeah. run, tan, still think they all still think they all look good here.
2: All right. Time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Steve Grasso. Uh,
4: Capri Holdings. It basically doubled. I think it's going to do it again.
2: The General, Jeff Mills.
5: Small cap exposure, but I want it via SLY.
2: Bonoan.
1: Fading the XLE.
2: BK.
3: Prologis Trust, a way to play e-commerce, PLD. All right, that does it for us. OA is up next.
7: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you.